Throughout my life, I've always wondered what my dad does. I never thought I'd know the full story. I never thought I'd know how this accountant from North London, with no exceptional redeeming talents, as it were, ended up with some of the most iconic people in the music and entertainment business. And then one day, we sat down at the Groucho Club in Soho, London, and put the microphone on, and finally, his tale of creative accounting began. It's a pleasure to be able to bring you the creative accounts that have been filed away mm -hmm. for so long. Nothing particular, no offence, like remarkable. It's like there's nothing remarkable around people can talk about. Mm -hmm. You get a taste of the sort of danger in the kibbutz or a lethal <sighs> life that's not normal. Mm -hmm. I'm back, meet mum, shelt down, and suddenly realise there's that kind of link to something dangerous, non-linear realize that actually these artists are getting something from you there is a there, there's something there's a function that you're playing or a role or, or whatever that may be yeah um it really it goes back to the end of the 60s and the beginning of the 70s when i started to uh, look for some qualification to do some work i'd left school without much academic qualification at all and decided I would go and live on a kibbutz in Israel. This was 1967. Uh, so I decided to come home, get a professional qualification, and then go back to be an accountant for various kibbutz. So that was my plan. Uh, I then met your mother. That plan went out the window. I started the study as a chartered accountant. I qualified in 1972. I was articled to a firm of Mayfair accountants, which was very... Um, it was very prestigious at the time. They had, the name was Harris Cafton and Co. And they had had a practice which had quite a lot of the freelance film industry. And in the beginning, at the end of the 60s, beginning of the 70s, the freelance, it was a very, very big freelance industry in this country. Um, editors, producers, writers, etc. So it was Probably an Yes, yeah. Oh, it's definitely around here. Very, very much so. It, it very much. I mean, this area where we are has always gravitated to whatever media is around, yeah. and artists, and you know, this is very much so. Um, and um, I was articled there, and uh, it was it was a Jewish Jewish owned practice. I was I was obviously an heir apparent to join as a partner when I qualified, which I did. Um, as I say, we had a big independent film clientele. That disappeared because funding for films uh, disappeared in this country. And if you work in the film industry, even now, if you're a producer, you have to gravitate to where the films are being made. And it changed from England to Australia and Canada. Um, so the centre of gravity. Yes. The centre. It's not dissimilar to how it migrates to Netflix. Yes. Where whoever's got the money... Where a gra media always has to gravitate to the money, you know. So, yes. Your yeah, point, what we're talking about here is that a figure like Brian Epstein maybe is an interesting place to start. Yes. Yeah. There's no qualifications to do this. No, but, no, but nobody father, did, really. That's the point. That his father owned a furniture store and there was some records and he was vaguely posh and well put together. Yeah. And that qualified him. Yes. In order to basically reinvent the 20th century culture with yes. Beatles, yes. and that's and that's all about. That's interesting, is that yeah. a figure like him? Yes. Do that. He yes. Has the scope to do that. Very important. Where, where, 
Whereas if you met Brian Epstein before, there's no way you would look at him and think he's going to do no, it. No, very iconic. Would the Beatles have happened without him? I don't know. They might have just died. They might have died to death. I don't know. EMI were very resistant to signing them. Um, Brian was doing a good... And the other thing that Brian did was he set the benchmark for being a manager. Yeah. So any little scallywag that thought, oh, we saw Brian do anything, do a better job than him. You know, you didn't need a, a degree or anything. You could just become a manager. But he also protected, like, set the value of his talent. To some degree, although he had no idea what it was worth. He had no idea. Which is interesting. He had no idea what it was worth. See the, what, the worth of catalogue, what yeah. these songs were. And George Martin was a very straight, you know, wore shirt and tie to recording sessions. I mean, George wasn't a crazy guy. He was a very straight guy. Um, and this I, is again important to say, here's George Martin, the fit of people. Yes. The Beatles would say without him, most of their ideas yes. wouldn't have flourished in the same way. Yeah. Being orchestra, he, yeah. he brought it to life. You know, you could say like Day and Alive or Carney had the idea to the backwards. You know, I suppose Martin's enables translate or Yesterday or whatever. There's something yes. Else. But here's another character. There's no business being there really to reinvent 20th century music. He, no. he could have gone on and just carried on with the comedy records. And, and classical, he was classical. classical yeah. and, and yet somehow these four guys yeah. managed by this guy from a furniture shop yes. turn up and something magic happens. Yes, yes, totally. I mean, so I what think... What happens in that moment, you think, with the magic? What's recognised, if at all? Or did you just see, think it's seen in reverse? I think that what happened was... And what happens, even today, is that because of this creative explosion of the 60s, that pop music, rock music, was the missing piece of the jigsaw. It was all there, ready to slot in. There was a big space for it to slot into. Nobody knew what it was, but it was the waiting there to slot into. So the conditions, that's great, the conditions were there. Yes. No one knew what was going to enter that space but nonetheless there's some kind of not vacuum but there's a permission for something yes. to and when these these chance meetings happen it spills into yes. that space it spills into that space i mean jumping ahead a little bit that's what happened when punk started you know yeah. there was a the music industry was really dreary it was very very dreary and got drearier and drearier and drearier and then you know kind of like, punk comes out but it filled a space there was there was something there was it was waiting music was waiting for something to happen that was punk so this is good because obviously we're going to get to your interest but that again is like interesting because mclaren and westford have yeah. no business to reinvent come from a shop yeah. in um, it was in near chelsea it was near sex yeah. and and yet somehow because there's a space yeah these these individuals epstein martin mclaren yeah. westwood there's a bit and littered with them, when we had to talk about it once at youth men, you know, can almost smell that space and go, and when it, yes. it emerges, they'll step into yes, it. Yes, and they believe they can influence it. Yeah. You know, they, they see something there. Do you think they would sense the currents of that space? Yes. That's, that has yeah. a, it has a value. Not so sure when they look at the value initially. I mean, you do get some people come into it because they see the money, but I think the, the Westwoods and the McLarens are just creative. I mean, you know, people... But back then... Maybe it's worth stressing that. It was a strange thing to do. It was a strange thing to be around. Oh, yes. It wasn't a normal thing. No, 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 no. It was, it was, but, it, you know, if, if I'd been around 10 years earlier, 15 years earlier, I might have seen how the, the film industry 
in terms of professional representation, how that worked. Yeah. But I didn't experience that. I just took over a few existing clients who then say went out of business. Um, but yes, it was very strange. It, it, it was terribly exciting. I was, I was far more, I was very excited. I did it because I was very excited about it. So there was a, the attraction initially was there was a danger to this and there was sort of like the, the by tapping into that state of water being around these people, you could sort of, you could you could escape into another yes absolutely yeah i i could become the sixth beetle you know it it's where you space it and found like it's almost like a snakes and ladders or you found a yeah. way out of the accountancy yeah and he thought okay uh, this is this is what i'm gonna do yeah i i i don't there wasn't a specific moment i you know i was when i became a partner there was a few clients in the music business that nobody knew what to do they weren't worth anything so they were given to me um, there wasn't anybody enormously prestigious there. I think, no, I think Fleetwood Mac went there, but it was very early days. Uh, Elkie Brooks was quite famous. Um, and I got to know the solicitors who were the main players, or, or who were also players, um, in the music business. So we started to exchange clients. I was never in awe. Never? No, I, I, I mean, obviously... Over the years, there are probably a few people, but none that I could think I was never in awe of the artist, no. And do, does that surprise you? Do you think you would be in awe? Like in, in, in many ways, you should have been. Mm. Mm. Is it nice? Lovely. We had the big offices in Mayfair, in the heart of Mayfair. We had a, a ballroom with a, a dining table, which was miles long. But we had prestige. Um, I also, though I haven't really thought of this before, but there was a little bit of the Mr. Epstein syndrome. You know, when, when they, they met you. Yeah. Yeah, when they met me. Because they were in a completely strange world. They didn't have a lot of friends, colleagues they could go to and say, well, what should I do now? Um, so when they came and saw me, in my suit inside, pretending to know about their world. Um, and for years, I mean, when I was doing tour accounts, I had a no idea what the technical terms were. Um, but then nobody did, really. Yeah. But did they like you early on? Yes. They did? Sure. And did they sort of start to ask for you, or, or you just knew that you got on with them? I knew I got on with them. 